How can sex addiction and recovery create an unhealthy power dynamic in our relationship? Welcome to the Real Talk Recovery Podcast with the Therapy Brothers. We're brothers, we're therapists, and we know recovery. Bring your stories, your questions, your successes with Real Recovery. good topic today. How are you doing? Sounds like you had a pretty eventful weekend. Oh my gosh, Tyler. Yeah. Well, yesterday was an interesting day. <laughs> so I got back from Glacier last night, Glacier National Park. Uh, we went to Coeur d'Alene. We went to Jackson Hole. We river rafted. We rode the Hiawatha Trail, uh, made some memories. So it was, it was one great awesome, family man. vacation, except for Yesterday was my birthday. We woke up early, um, hopped in. We were way at the, at the border, like Canada. And um, our van's AC decided not to work. Um, and <laughs> I tried to troubleshoot it and get it going. And you know, Needless to say, we spent 10 hours with four kids in the back of our van with no AC and the windows down uh, on, on, a, on a, <laughs> a July day. So, so that's like a delightful end to your, uh, to your trip and a beautiful birthday. I had some major swass going on. Just, just <laughs> that's why you I stop mean, was, at every grocery I was like store and buy bags pool. of ice to sit on. Uh, we were doing that. It's just like ice and ice. And it's, just, I didn't realize how noisy the freeways are. My goodness. But yeah, so it, we were spent by the time we got home, and we're taking the car in to get the the compressor fixed today. <laughs> That's, good. That's good, man. It was fun though. We saw bears and mountain goats and all kinds of stuff. Man, I'm jealous of the trip itself. It sounds yeah. awesome. Yeah, it was sweet. So, anyway, it's summertime, favorite time of year. It's That's right. Great. So, um, I wanted to talk to you about something today, and just. Uh, kind of, I wanted to hopefully get into the way that this develops and how it all starts, because I think that it starts from a, from a very young age and it develops over time. And then, then we see it in relationships. So what I want to talk about is power dynamics in the relationship when it comes to sex addiction, betrayal, trauma. Um, I would say for the most part, not every time and not all the time, but for the most part, the man and the masculine is showing up very, very weak in a relationship um, if he's been struggling with sex addiction and um, not knowing how to show up in strength, not knowing how to show up as a powerful human being um, who can create security, safety, and trust in a relationship. And um, what happens is I see the feminine um, really take over and overcompensate because she's feeling a lack of security and safety. And it creates this power dynamic in the relationship where there's kind of a one up one down power dynamic in a relationship. And I would say with sex addiction and recovery and those type of things, it, 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 we see it all the time, all the time. Would you agree with that? Yeah. Like just maybe paint the picture. I think of where you're going, Brown, and then we can backtrack and kind of build up to what I think you want to talk about. <coughs> Excuse me. Is, you know, you, if we get a couple that comes into the office and we'll just say that he's had an affair or there's some type of sexual integrity issue or an addiction or something, and she's the one who's been betrayed 
the, the natural way that you try to save the relationship is, is obviously the person who's made the mistake needs to show remorse, humility, pay penance, so to speak, try to make restitution if at all possible, which a lot of times you can't do that. And for the person who's been betrayed, it feels safe in some ways to, to feel like they've got control over a lot of the decisions in the relationship over what's going to happen and what recovery might look like. Um, and in a way it's like offering this feeling or facade of safety to stay that way. And early on in recovery, that might work for a short period of time, but in the long run, it actually works to the detriment of the relationship itself, because the relationship that both people really want in the first place is an equal relationship focused on connection. And, and instead it's now being driven by power and control where one person is one down and one that other person is one up in the relationship. And it, that's where couples get stuck a lot. Yeah. And it's not the man's fault or the woman's fault every time. It's just this dynamic that just starts to happen. And, and it's this, you know, uh, it, this hovering behavior of I'm watching everything you're doing. And then this other side of it, which I see the, the men do a lot, which is they, they get their self-worth from their partner. And so a lot of times they're tattletailing on themselves um, just to try to be a good boy. They're playing Mr. Nice Guy. Um, they're just doing what they think they should do in order for their wife to be happy rather than showing up as a genuine, authentic individual and human being in that relationship. And, and it, it does what you said, Tyler. It creates this power dynamic that really wreaks havoc on the rebuild process for trust and safety in the relationship. And so... Um, you know, some examples, I'll give some examples and then back, let's back up to, to talk about how this develops and, and why I think it develops the way that it does. Uh, and you could give some examples too, I'm sure. Um, but when I first started doing this work, <clears throat> I've talked about this before. I was working under a therapist that was not good at what she was doing. And, but she would teach these daily check-ins that couples would do with each other. And in these check-ins, they would go over lust triggers. They'd go over, you know, every, everything that they'd done wrong for the day. And that was how they'd finish their night. And the couple would come in and they'd say, gosh, like we did check-ins. We've done it for a few weeks and it just is making things worse. It's not getting better. Um, so he would sit down with his tail between his legs, talk about all his failures she would hear all the failures, feel like garbage herself and be triggered. triggered yeah. And then, and then they'd go to bed. <laughs> you know? And what do you know? That wasn't working. Um, and he was thinking, okay, I'm going from being a dishonest person to an honest person because now I'm revealing everything I possibly can about myself and trying to be as honest as I can be. And what, do, what do you know? All of my biggest fears are coming true that I don't feel like I'm lovable. And what do you know? My wife's triggered. She's mad at me and there's no safety in this relationship. Um, and this is not really working. So that, that I, I've seen that a lot. Have you seen that Tyler? Yeah. All the time. Things like that. Um, I think, I think if you're, as you're sharing your example, what I'd like to do is just also point out some of the principles that are actual real principles in recovery, but they sort of get twisted into this power differential thing in a way that's not healthy. So one is, is that he's coming and he's trying to offer transparency and honesty, which is a good thing in recovery. I would, I would say he's not. 
I would say he's not. Uh, well, I challenge that. Yeah. Well, yeah, he his well because yeah, trying we'll to, to offer. He's yeah. he's trying to, but he's doing it from a motivation of trying to control his partner's emotions yes. rather yes, he's than manipulating rather than doing it because he honestly wants to be an honest man. Yes. Um, that's one thing. The second thing is, is that we are looking for a way to establish safety and trust again. And sometimes there has to be some level of communication to develop safety and trust. Yeah. And so, and so if I'm going to my partner, if I'm the one who's done the betraying and I go to my partner, I'm like, here's everything that I've done today. I'm doing fearless truth telling. Okay. I'm trying to establish safety and trust over the long haul, even though it's painful. And that might, might also be a, a good principle, but again, it comes back to what are the intentions for why I'm doing what I'm doing? I'll yes. give you a really good example that just came through my email just this morning from a client of mine that said, Hey, Tyler, I'm doing this and this and this and this and this. And I feel like I'm becoming a better man. I feel like I'm getting more on solid ground. I feel like I'm from personally feeling better about myself, but my wife keeps coming to me and saying, how come you're not doing all of the stuff you're supposed to do this, 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 this. And he's like, what do I, what do I do with that? Like, because if I go and do all of the things she's telling me, that's not what I really think I need to be doing. But then she says, I'm not working recovery if I don't do that. And then I'm going to lose her. She's probably going to divorce me. Like, what do I do? Uh, yeah. And, and, and they're stuck in this kind of wrangling place right now where Yes, he needs to look at some of the things she's saying, but he's got to filter them through his system and say, would that be helpful for me to become the best kind of man I want to be? Right. Not, I better hurry and jump over and do all the things she's telling me to, because then that way it'll build safety and trust and then she won't leave me. Right, right. I, I mean, I really like the analogy of the wind and the trees. You know, if the masculine is the tree, then the masculine is rooted and grounded and firm and solid, right? And the wind is creative and, and beautiful and, and moving and flowing. And when the wind comes up against that tree, if that tree all of a sudden tries to become the wind because it, it hates itself as a tree or shouldn't be a tree, then that wind doesn't feel the strength of that tree, right? Um, but when the wind and the tree works together, the wind comes up against the tree and feels safe and feels good there. And the tree is strengthened by the wind because the wind is pushing against the tree. Um, and in the, the example that you just gave, Tyler, what I'm hearing him say is, should I become the wind? Because I'm worried if I stay a tree, she's not going to be able to tolerate that. She's not going to be able to accept that. And so should I just become what she's telling me that I should be? rather than just be me. And the, the, the answer to that is, and I'll give an answer here to this, but I really do want to back up to show how this, this whole dynamic is created. The answer to that is he does stay a tree and he does it in a, in a way where he's very connected to the wind and very empathetic and understanding and can see her and see her pain and her beauty and all of what's going on with her so that she feels that connection, but she feels that, that grounded strength and solidarity as, as who he is as a man. Right. And, and that's where real strength is found. And somebody with a lot of shame and secrecy addiction behind the scene can't ground themselves that strongly in order to create that safety with, with their partner. Um, and so what they attempt to do when they have a lot of shame going on is to 
instead of stay who they are, they shape shift, they pose, they become Mr. Nice Guy, and they try to become what they need to be. Um, in order for, to not lose their wife. In order to not lose their wife, in order to not be abandoned and rejected and left alone. Um, so can we back up now, Tyler, a little bit? Yeah. Yep. So let's back way up, okay? Um, early, early stages of life, you know, I have young kids and they're learning about sex and, um, you know, we, uh, that's a whole other discussion, how, how we learn about sex. But, but one thing that, that is pretty pervasive across the board is that sex is bad. Um, you know, you turn on a a movie and the sex scene comes on and, and what do the parents say? That's the bad part. Fast forward it. Um, you know, that if you're touching yourself, you know, you, you, you tell your kid, Hey, stop it or go somewhere where we can't see you, you know? And there, there's, there's this message overall that sexuality and sex is sinful and wrong and bad. Um, and so naturally we all don't know what to do with this because we're all sexual beings. And so we try to figure out how to, how, how to live, but, have this thing be hidden a little bit underground. Um, we're trying, we're trying to learn in the dark basically. Yeah. And I'm not suggesting everybody should walk around with their pants down. That's not what I'm saying. <laughs> right, Tyler. Of course um, not. Yeah. But, but, but we try to l- l- learn in the dark. I like, I like how you say that. Um, but there's this subtle kind of message and, and both men and women have it of that part of me is naughty, um, needs to be hidden and not okay. Right. And so as, as sexual addiction starts to take hold and let's just talk about a man for a minute, a young man, 12, 13 years old, um, starts to consume pornography, starts to get these feelings of, of power and, um, excitement and all of those things from engaging in sexual acts and usually with, with pornography involving women, right? Mm-hmm. Not all the time, but, but, and, and the reason I say that is to make this point is they start to turn the, the sex into their God in many ways. This makes me feel good. It makes me feel okay in this, in this very secretive. It's where I get to cope and feel okay with myself for a minute. For just a a split second, I feel like the world is just fine and I have pleasure and I have escape and I have release and, and that's where I feel okay. Right? So sexuality, sex, women, that's where you feel okay is to please a woman is to, is to experience that ultimate. That's where I know I'm good enough that I'm good enough. Right. So, but then what happens after, after the, the acting out, then of course I feel weak. I feel like I let my values go. I feel my, I feel more shame or I feel numb. I feel empty. Right. I'm, I'm, I'm unlovable. I'm, I'm horrible. I'm not right. okay. And so and, you can go and, ahead. And, and all the while just adding on to that, Brandon is, is, especially if we're looking at it from like the pornography standpoint, the vast majority of pornography is based on a 
power and control type of a setting and not necessarily a connection type of setting. So even just subversively and subconsciously, the messaging is being sent power and control, power and control, power and control. Um, even right. in the way that I'm educating myself about sexuality. Right. So, so this whole thing that we're talking about, you can see the, the whole dynamic starting to get created here right? I feel good when I please. I feel good when I'm sexual and I feel horrible when I, when I'm found out or when I, I feel like I've let somebody down. Okay. And so, you know, fast forward into a relationship you get into this relationship and maybe you told your partner about your, your addictions or whatever. Maybe you didn't, but you get into that relationship and you start to view intimacy and connection completely backwards. I need to please them in order for them to love me and accept I'll be good me enough. and I'll, then I'll be good enough. And that is not intimacy at all. That's something completely different. It's consumption. Right? Actually, it's where I'm now, I'm now consuming my partner for my benefit because I can't fill the void any other way. Right. But it's, it's a very tricky form of consumption, Tyler, because in, a, in large part, we could, we could look at it and say, no, that's very selfless and kind to try to always please your partner. But they're, they're, it's tricky. Right. Well, exactly. And, and I'm doing it even when, even when I'm in the midst of doing it, if I'm the one doing the consuming, I think that I'm being a good husband, even though I'm being kind of self-serving and selfish in the way that I'm going about it, because I'm still trying to get my value either by being placing myself in the one down and making her happy all the time. Or maybe I'm on the other side, placing myself in the one up and she's now feeling one down and in con being controlled either yeah. way, it fosters a feeling of less connection and less trust, even though what we, what I think I'm pursuing is connection. Yes. The difference is honesty versus that whole game of trying to manipulate her to think that you're good enough and okay. So like, and, and this is how you, you see it. Like I might lack boundaries in my relationship. I was just hearing stories last night about a relationship where, you know, the wife is very verbally, emotionally abusive and he's just taking it and taking it and taking it. Right. He's like a battered husband. Um, but he just takes it because he feels like he deserves it. He deserves it. He earned it. That's right. the least that he could take because she'll never be able to do what he did to her. Right. It reminds me of our episode with Scott that we, we talked about, right? He, he was talking about this dynamic of, I felt like I never had a leg to stand on. And so basically what he's saying is, I felt like I could never be really honest in my relationship. <laughs> do you see how that, how, how's he going to create safety and trust? Exactly. It doesn't, there's no foundation for safety and trust because there actually has to be integrity and honesty there. Right. So the lack of boundaries is one, Tyler, the other one, and, and you can think of, I'm sure a bunch more here, but is secrecy. It's, I want them to accept me. Um, I need them to be happy. Therefore, I'm not going to show them the blemish because that, because I'm protecting them. I want right. to protect them and, 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 and I want to be a good husband and I don't want to hurt her. So why would I tell her that secret that would hurt her? Right. You can see the manipulation there. 
Right. But it's, but it's done from that moral place of like, I'm going to be the good guy and not hurt her. Yeah. 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 I'll talk to my therapist about it. Or even though it's self-protective, it's completely self-protective. Right. Or they'll say, or, or someone will say, well, it's really not that big of a deal. So I, why would I need to tell them? And I say, well, if it's not that big of a deal, then it's, you shouldn't have a problem telling them. Well, Tyler, it kind of sounds like we're talking out of both sides of our mouth. And I want it to does. clarify something because we're saying don't set up a tattletale hovering situation in your marriage. But here's the deal. Disclosure, healthy disclosure is about maintaining your integrity on an individual level, first and foremost. So, and, and that's really important to understand is I need to go talk to a partner about something because it affects their life and I value trust, I value love. And so therefore I'm gonna own that so that I can stay in my integrity is very, very, very different then, oh, you know, my, my therapist and my sponsor and everyone tells me that I should tell on myself. So I'm going to go do that so that they can see that I'm a good boy, so that I'm okay, so that everything's okay. Yes. Well, and there's a difference, Brandon, between having the integrity of being honest with who you are and where you are in your, in your program versus showing up every day and tattling on yourself with the work that you actually did for the day. Right? <laughs> yeah. Like <clears throat> if I go to my wife and I'm showing up with integrity and I say, you know what? I have mistreated my sexuality and I I'm trying to learn how to be healthier with this. And in the day to day, there are going to be things that are triggering for me. There's going to be work for me to do. I'm, I'm willing and ready to engage in that work. Um, that's different than showing up and being like, okay, check-ins today at two o'clock. I saw this woman doing this <laughs> yeah. and at four o'clock, I saw this woman in these clothes. Right. And, then, and then that's, that's, you can hear and feel the difference between yeah, this is who I am. And this is the work that I'm doing versus like, uh Oh, she, she wants to hear something. So I better hurry and find out what I can do to make sure that she hears me being bad so that then she thinks I'm being honest. Yep. Right. Yep. The difference really is at fear based and control and one that comes from a place of love and, and honesty and, and integrity and, and, and the, the, those energies are so different. Like there, you can feel it. And so if you're maintaining transparency in your relationship out of keeping your integrity, your partner's going to feel strength from you. If you're tattletaling on yourself, um, to try to be in quotation marks, honest, um, then your partner's going to feel that. Yeah. When it's, when it's coming from that fear based place, that's, it doesn't even matter what the task list is that you're doing. It's the way that you're doing it, that your partner feels and goes, Ooh, that doesn't feel good. You know? Yes. And, and I'll, I'll yes. get like, I'll get couples who get further into recovery work and you know, she'll come into the office and she'll say like, why do I see him as so weak? And I despise him and he's so small and he's coming and going like, guys, I'm being honest. Like I'm, I'm telling him everything. And she's like, yeah, I don't, he is so unattractive to me right now. Well, and, it's, it's really, Tyler, it's really confusing for the partner. Yeah. Well, a hundred percent, because in some ways there's this, actually, I think they've been taught to do things a certain way. And again, based off of principle, you know, we're trying to teach accountability, safety, boundaries, trust, and the practice sometimes is, is messy. Mm -hmm. um, and so, but people get comfortable in the space of like, okay, now that at least there's this transparency in quotes, or at least there's this like open disclosure every day in, in quotes. But 
but how come I'm not like building respect for my partner again? How come I'm not yeah. feeling like I, I want to, like I, I want to respect him less. Yeah. In, in some ways like he, uh, he's like groveling. He's just yeah. like, ugh, yeah. And it doesn't feel safe in the relationship to have that. But if you flip it around and you get a, a like, let's say a man who actually starts to actually have his own boundaries, share his own opinions, maybe even like be more in, integrous with his behavior and say, Hey, this thing doesn't work for me. I know you want uh, me to own, go his to, se- own his sexuality. Yeah. And or I, honor it. And who exactly. He is. Or, you know, Hey, I know you want me to go to five, 12 step meetings a week, but I, I think I'm going to do two and instead, and, th- and that's going to be enough for me. Um, a lot of times a partner gets scared by that. Mm-hmm. And, and she wants it to go back to what was normal because that's at least feels like normal now, but she also doesn't like that. And, and there's this hump that couples have to figure out how to get through where as they get in deeper into recovery, she has to go, okay, I'm glad he's pushing back a little bit. As long as it's pushing back with the right energy, because now I've got a partner that I can interact with again, instead of someone that I'm basically dictating everything to. Yep. Have, have I told you about the guy that I, I had to like start? Well, here's the story. This guy was masturbating every month or six weeks or something. And he'd, he'd look at porn and masturbate and it would happen like clockwork just happen, happen. And they go through the same dynamic where he would do it. He would, you know, stick his head down and go tell her and she would kind of get really mad and, tell him to go sleep somewhere else and for a few days. And then, you know, four weeks later there, there they were again and it was happening again and again and again. And he's, and he, and so he's talking to me and I'm like, well, why don't you just tell her that you want to masturbate? And, and he looked at me like, what? Like you're supposed to tell me the opposite of that. And, and I said, but let's, let's just look at this. This is, this was going on for like six years. I was like, this has been going on for six years. You obviously want to masturbate. You're masturbating, you know, every so often, like tell her that you want to masturbate. Just, just own it, be open about it, own who you are instead of acting like you don't. And then, you know, paying, you know, your penance to her, like just own it. And, and this hump that you're talking about, when she heard this coming from me, what do you think she did? Oh, I mean, I can, I can imagine what I can hear our listeners saying through the radio right now. Right. Like, like, right. no, that's don't do that. Like you shouldn't do that. Yeah. And, and, and she, she was terrified. Like how, what are you saying to him? And the, the, but, but here's the thing. So it happened. He came to her beforehand and said, I want to masturbate. I'm being honest. Like I'm, I'm probably getting it tonight. And she hated it and she liked it what happened and and th- this is the reason why i'm telling this story um she she hated it because she felt unsafe and she was triggered and all those things happened but she felt just a glimmer bit of his transparency and honesty with who he actually was which he had never shown her for 6 years right and it's interesting as he owned it more and was more actually honest with her, um, that desire started to go away and real trust started to be reestablished in, in that relationship. Um, but him, uh, here's my point. 
it's about transparency and it's about owning yourself and who you actually are. Should he masturbate? Should he not? That's another topic of discussion. Should he be an honest human being? Yeah, I think, I think in your story, the principle that you're really drawing out here is, is that he is going to be better off in his own recovery journey. If he's just living with integrity and owning exactly where he's at with the work he's doing and where he wants to be going. They, as a couple have a better shot of having things work out when there's integrity in the relationship, even if it's scary and something that has to be dealt with passed through, she's probably still going to have her own responses and her own boundaries over the things that he chooses to do. But at least they're on real ground with where the work is actually at instead of living in some fantasy land where he wasn't really, he wasn't committed to to stopping masturbating. So, so what you're saying is, is why don't you get honest with yourself first and with her? And then I would even add to that. Again, this would be a spur off to another episode or something, but he doesn't even have to act on the masturbation to still live with integrity to say, Hey, I want to like, there's a part of me that doesn't want to give this up. And, right. and just for him to be able to have the space to be honest about that now allows him the space to make the choices that he needs to make for him to, to live his best life. Right. Rather than like to, to lie to his wife every six weeks and be like, okay, I'll get better. Like this. I'm well, he this. had to live in denial. He had to justify, rationalize, kind of trick his brain and create thinking errors in order to create, keep this dynamic going. Right. And, and in living in that denial, he was breaking trust because he wasn't living in honesty and no safety in the relationship was being created. So, right. Um, well, and, and the thing Brandon, like with the example you gave is, is that that might be the kind of thing that a relationship eventually breaks over if there's two value systems that don't line up with each other, but sure. But at least it moves it to a place where we can see that those value systems either do, or they don't line up with one another. And, right. and I also think that in your situation, that the story that you told is that when he started to take ownership and not have to feel like he was hiding everything, somehow that somehow that contributed to him having less and less desire to act out in the first place. Yeah. Well, and if we really psychoanalyze it, I, I think it took away what he was really kind of the, the game he was playing. And so when it took away the game he was playing, it took away a lot of the power and energy around that yeah. thing. Back to power and, and control too. Yeah. And so then it was like, oh, well, yeah. You know, that's how I used to get my wife's attention. I'd, I'd masturbate and then she'd be mad at me. So at least I'd get that attention. Yeah. But now like, that's kind of gone. So now what, you know, so, so, you know, and and it's just interesting that, that, that truth does set you free and, and truth and honesty does actually give trust a chance. Anything else doesn't it, it, any kind of manipulation actually is a detriment toward trust. And to think that if I can manipulate my way into safety and trust in a relationship, then you're crazy. It doesn't work that way. Right. Right. Yeah, exactly. And and then, okay. So then, so then what ends up happening is you get deeper and deeper into a relationship and then D-Day happens and mm-hmm. now all of a sudden this thing blows up. And then on the other side of things, in order to find safety, we, we teach a partner who's been betrayed. You need to ground yourself. You need a team. You need to start setting boundaries for yourself. And a lot of times those boundaries they're geared towards safety, but they end up actually in the long run 
contributing to that power differential in the relationship that we're actually trying to break away from. Well, they're, they're the laundry list of this is what you do to be good enough. That, yeah, that, right. yeah, like, yeah, exactly. If you call them, if you want to call that boundaries, sometimes that's what boundaries sound like is that you do yeah. this, 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 and this, and this, and then, and then I'll trust you. Which I now, wouldn't call boundaries. Yeah. Right. Because boundaries have to come again from the inside out yes. where I'm, I'm operating from my integrity saying this or this thing does not does or does work for me. And because of that, this is going to be my response. Right. Um, it's not about controlling or changing the other person. It's about knowing that I can trust myself to take care of myself, given what the realities of my situation are. And, but, yes. but instead the relationship becomes this one up, one down thing. And, and by nature, it's like, Brandon, if I went and I, you know, if I came down to your place today and I said, you know what, like, I like your truck and I like your camp trailer and your boat, and I'm just going to take it. And I, I just drive off with it and take it. Right. And then, and then afterwards you're mad at me and you're like, what did you just do, Tyler? Like, if I want to repair the relationship with you. I'm probably going to need to have some humility. I'm going to need to probably try to make restitution. <laughs> you know, I'm going to have to give your stuff back and I'm going to have to be like, Hey, Brandon, I'm sorry. I was kind of being a jerk. Like, well, first being... off, if you want it, you can have it. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's well, all thanks. yours. Thanks. Thanks for taking the high road. <laughs> so, yeah. No, but, 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 but I'm going to need to do something to try to repair the relationship. And that's where I think there's this other place where we get caught sometimes is if I'm trying to repair the relationship, it's very easy to fall into the trap of staying in the one down position. And there's a difference between being able to be remorseful, make restitution and be humble without having to always stay in this place where I have to be the schmuck in the relationship. Right. Yeah, but but here's the deal, Tyler. This is the I, I I appreciate what you're saying. I understand what you're saying, but this is what happens. It's like I was hiking in Glacier the other day, and there was these berries. And let's say I ate a berry and I got sick. Right? What what happens a lot of times? What I see is that they keep eating the same berries that made them sick in That's order right. to try to get better. Right? That's right. And, and so it's, uh, and, and this is the shift that needs to happen. Uh, you're absolutely right. You need to do something to, re to repair trust with me, Tyler. And the very last thing you need to do is to be a dishonest jerk who's manipulating me to, to see you as good. That's not what I want. What, what I'd like for you to do instead is to, is to actually show up completely different so, and, and this is the hard thing in recovery, Tyler, because what we're saying to these addicts who have been living this way for their whole life is instead of showing up as a person that you, you think is unlovable, show up as a powerful man with healthy masculinity that you know is lovable. And even if you don't fully feel that, show up that way anyways. Um, stand in that, uh, uh, there's, there's this this threshold, there's this, this void that they have to stand in that uncomfortable, vulnerable place of, I really am an honest, open, transparent human being. And, and I can tolerate other people's judgments and discomfort around me being honest and, and uh, apply that to the equation instead, right? That's a, that's a new, that's a new berry. 
That's a, yeah. It's yeah, okay. Good. You're you and I are on the same page. Uh, I'll give you one real quick story. I know we're getting short on time here, but this happened just this weekend. <laughs> okay. I, I was backpacking with uh, my family in, in Wyoming in the wind river mountains. And I ended up getting a ticket this time. I didn't read the regulations well enough. And you always get tickets, man. No, nah, I usually get out of them. I usually can talk <laughs> my way out of them, but, but I, this was a pure, honest mistake. I, I read through the regulations. Somehow I missed this one regulation. It's a big one. It's like the biggest one you can get. And Uh-oh. Um, so I got like a $550 ticket. Oh, and, uh, ouch. And, and the, the guys like the guys, the, the officers riding me up for it. And as he's telling me like everything that I did wrong, um, I was like, oh yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Were you that like pooping sense. in the woods where you shouldn't that have or something? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I took a motorized, I took a piece of motorized equipment into wilderness land and I didn't. Oh yeah. man, you should so, know better than that one. I, know, I don't want to shoot on you, but I know I should know better, but anyway, I didn't know better. I right. thought I did, but he's, so he's, he's basically reading me the riot act. And, and I just said, yeah. Okay. That thanks for the education. You're right. I did that. I'm sorry about that. I I'll definitely learn from it. I'll get better at it. I appreciate the education. And then he writes me the ticket. He hands it to me. And I was like, thank you. Thanks a lot for the education. I'm going to get better at this. And he looked at me. He's like, you're the first person who's thanked me. He's like, this is the biggest ticket that we write for anybody. <laughs> And I said, yeah, I said, he said, well, usually people take it differently than this. And I said, no, I appreciate it. Like I, I made the mistake. I should have done the learning. I'm going to do the learning. I'll, I'll get better. Right. Like that's a much different kind of an approach to an apology and restitution than, oh, I'm so stupid. I'm such an idiot. Like, yeah, you're right. I should never pr- come back here and go backpacking again. Like, right. You know, that's, there's integrity inside of the re there's still humility. There's still some type of restitution to the tune of $540. Like there's going to, there's going to be something that I can do and I'm going to do some learning and I'm willing to do that learning. Um, but that's different than just that poison berry of like, yeah, you're right. I'm terrible. Well, well but you know. I'd add this on to it, Tyler. And I think you were acting in your truth when you said, thank you. Like you absolutely learned and you were great. I wasn't being sarcastic. Right, right, right. right. But, but I don't, I don't think you were, you were being passive either. Like, and, and here's the deal. What, what if he would have given you a ticket that you thought was totally unjust that, 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 you know, it wasn't right. And, and if you're saying, thank you, I'm learning. Thank you so much. That's, you know, yeah. Right. Right. What would you do in that situation? Well, I would, I would tell him thanks for the education. Then I'd say, I guess I'm going to have to appear in court and talk this through with the judge. Cause right. I don't, cause I don't agree with it. Or the other thing that happened is, is that we were off of the trail where we had been at, where we were at, there was another infraction that everybody does. If I would have gotten a ticket for that one, I would have had a discussion with them and said, Hey, there were six other parties that were doing the same thing. So it doesn't seem right that we'd be the ones getting the infraction when there's six other parties. Right. But right, right. he, he decided not to give us that ticket because he knew that that wouldn't be fair. But, or just. but the point, the point that I want to highlight here is to, because in the dynamic, the one up one down dynamic, you know, you could go to your partner and say, thank you. Thank you for teaching me. Thank you for being mad at me. Thank you for, and, and there's some humility and there's some truth there, but there's also a time when it's okay. That's enough. Like that, this is, this is my truth here. And I want to bring my humility to the table, but I want to bring my honesty to the table at the same time so that you can feel my strength. You can see all of me 
both sides there, right? That's right. So good discussion, Tyler. Great discussion. Hopefully this is helpful for our listeners. Yeah. Hey, really quick. If, if somebody wants to come on the show, um, again, where do they go? Yeah, we, we've been stacked up with questions, but if you'd like to be a caller on the show, we have some openings in the near future, therapybros.com or realtalkrecovery.com. And there's a button you'll smash that says, ask a question, and then you guys can follow that protocol. We'd love to have you come on. We love having discussions with real people. So Any if you got questions, questions bring them. Yep. All right. Have a good one, guys. See ya. Thanks. Hey, Brandon, what does the Rising Sun Retreat include? Well, not only is it your lodging, excellent food by a professional chef, brotherhood with a bunch of guys who are there to heal, but it's so much more. If you don't believe me, don't take my word for it. Listen to what they have to say. If I had a friend who was contemplating attending this conference, I would say do it. Sign up as soon as you can. Man, you got to do it. You got to do it. I'm, I'm, I'll, I'll, be your, I'll be you guys' advertising arm because I'm going to tell everybody I know about this conference. Oh, man. I would say, again, I, I have nothing but positive things to say about it. So uh, There's no reason to, not to come. Definitely attend. If you have the means, you, it would be a mistake not to come. Do it. You won't be disappointed. Well, I would say it takes a leap of faith to come to one of these things because you're not going to know what it's going to be coming into it and it's completely worth it. Just go for it. Um, so I would tell that friend that uh, he should definitely come. It is definitely worth um, the time, the effort, the money. If you have any thought whatsoever whether or not you should go, just go. Even after I signed up, I told my wife I didn't want to come the first day. I was like nervous as I'll get out. I knew it was going to be uncomfortable, everything about it. But I would look at that person and say, you will never regret. To help you to know how to find the joy that you're seeking in your life, to t do this, take it seriously, and add it to your regimen moving forward. I, it, it has been powerful, just incredibly powerful. If you're interested in attending our next Rising Sun retreat, go to risingsun.org, risingsun.org, and check out more stories like this. Hurry up because space is limited.